Hey everyone, welcome to 5-Man Voice. I'm your host, Will Compern, and today we have Ahmad Prelude and Julia Zacher. Ahmad's a freshman at Williams College, and Julia is a senior at Albany Academy for Girls. How are you guys doing? We're good. We are great, Will. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Yeah, of course. So today we're going to be talking about finding your purpose in life or finding your passions in life and so I just wanted to get the ball rolling by just asking what do you guys enjoy doing just what are your passions what what's your uh what are your favorite things in life um we'll let Ahmad take this one first I'll go second all right well well let's see I enjoy a lot of things uh probably the top one being track um, I've been doing track for quite a while now, and I like to think that I'm pretty good at it. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's, that's one of the big things. But really, it's just anything uh, physical activity related. I did Taekwondo for a long time. Um, I did a bunch of random sports growing up. But yeah, anything physical activity related, I'd say. How about you, Julia? Um, For me, I've definitely switched around from passion to passion in order to find the correct passion if you know what I'm saying (laughs) which means I haven't exactly found what I want to do in life or what I 100% enjoy but currently right now I am doing Muay Thai so like self-defense and that is really super fun it's what I find a lot a lot a lot of joy in yeah just real quick, you mentioned that like you bounced around from passion to passion. Can you just give us some examples of those? Sure. Yeah. Um. So when I was younger, I really liked animals. And then as I've gotten older, I realized I'm not a fan of animals as much, you know, especially cats. They are awful. Um. I really liked drawing a lot. Drawing and art in general was a really big passion for me. And then I switched to writing. That was also a very big passion to me. And soccer was probably one of the biggest of my passions. And then I quit that. Yeah, I quit it because of an ankle injury. And I was like, I'm done with this sport. And then I went to track and realized that is not my passion in general. That is not. Nope. But now I'm at more time. Yes. Yeah. So this kind of ties in with the next question I kind of had. So from animals to drawing, to writing, to soccer, to track, to Muay Thai, those are some pretty big jumps. And I'm kind of curious of what kind of like pushed you towards leaving one passion and switching to another. Just like, did anything like click in your brain? Like this isn't it for me or just, you know, getting bored of it. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, My advisor would tell you because I'm ADD. Which, I don't know if that's 100% true. But it's, I feel like a lot of my family also does the same thing. Like my grandfather was massage therapist. Then he was a manager of a construction worker. And then he built his own house. He jumps from stuff, stuff too. And as my mother loves to say, it's like the Zacher plague. We get really good at something, but we don't get 100% there. And then we just drop it. And that is what I've been doing so far. But 
as I said, I really like Muay Thai, and I think I'm going to stick with it this time. And Ahmad, I know you've been, you know, pretty consistent with what you find joy in with track or just anything athletic in general, but was there any point where you're like, maybe this isn't for me or just like any doubts in your mind that, because I know during, so first off, Ahmad and I, we, we were on the same team together for like three years or so, uh, went to the same school and all that stuff. So I know when we were doing 10 200s, I was definitely thinking like, wow, I do not want to do track ever again. Like this is terrible, all that stuff. And I have to assume that you had some of those moments too. So during those moments, like, how did you get out of them? How how do you, because, you know, you've stuck with this for such a long time. I have to imagine you've had some of these moments. How did you get out of those moments? You know, I have absolutely had like just so many of those moments. It doesn't even have to be during a workout, but it does happen during workouts. Um, you're just like, why am I doing this? Why am I here? What am I aiming for? Why am I going through all of this pain? And it's in those times that I'm like, you just got to remember why you started and what, what your, your goal is. If you don't have a goal, then you're less likely to continue. And so my goal throughout all of high school was um, to go to nationals. And that didn't happen because of coronavirus. But I still have goals of my own that I'm continuing through college. And so... It's just, you gotta remember why you started, what you're doing. And that's that's how I pushed it at least. It's weird that you say that because for me, I actually never really had like any long-term goals, at least in regards to track. It more just started because I was required to do a sport and just kind of stuck with it because of that. But uh, for you, your goal was nationals, right? And for me, that is very unrealistic to shoot for because I'm just never going to get to that point but how would you tell or how would you describe setting those goals for yourself because at the end of the day I don't think anyone wants to be too unrealistic with their goals because that would just suck when they don't complete that but if you set a goal that you can complete in a week then that's not exactly a goal to be shooting for right so how do you find that balance in setting goals just or just finding what you really want to shoot for in general. Mm -hmm. I think it's really important to have both long-term long-term goals and short-term goals. Sorry. Uh, so my longer term goal was to actually place a national. So not just go to nationals, but to place. And so, um, yeah, that was, that was my long-term goal, but short-term, it was just kind of like you set a mark for yourself at like a me or something, like I want to hit this mark. And you have to be realistic with those ones. That way you can still achieve and not feel like, oh, I'm constantly failing. And then there's also kind of like medium goals where it's like, I want to PR today or like, I want to PR within like next month or like, I want to hit a new lift or something like that. And so it's important to have bigger goals and smaller goals. So your smaller goals add up to reach your final goal. All right. So I know Ahmad dealt with a uh, Achilles injury, which really, it, it basically ended his junior season, I believe. And I know Julia mentioned a uh, ankle injury, right? And well, before we get into the injury part, 
So Julia, you said that you had a serious passion for soccer, right? Yes. And, <laughs> and so I'm just wondering, like, I don't know. I just feel like that would that might have been like a little bit different than like either animals or drawing or writing or any of that stuff. Just like, why'd you stick with that one for so long in particular? And even after your injury, why didn't you come back to it? Uh, I stuck with that one so long because I just I just think there's something so different with physical goals compared to like material goals. So when I was drawing, you know, my grandma would always be like, "Oh, Julia, you're so good at drawing." I'd be like, "Really, grandma? I don't see it." But on the soccer field, when people were like, "Oh, Julia, you're good at soccer." I was like, hell yeah. Did you just see that goal? I know I'm good. Um, So that's probably why I stuck with soccer. I just really liked the physical aspect of things. Being able to actually be on the field, to score goals, to push people around. I really enjoyed it. On that note, so last week we talked about, well, it was brought up last week that Aaron was kind of under the idea that he was kind of like one of those he was told that he was special that he was smarter than everyone else and that kind of pushed him towards that competitive mindset of of school you know just wanting to get the best grades and stuff and now you know I'm not saying this is an exact same thing but it kind of is like that idea of just like constant praise just keeps you going but like did you actually ever have like any like real goals in soccer like did you want to make it to like the state game if that exists or something so yes I did have a goal um I don't know what age I was but I was probably probably around 14 and I was on the field and I walked off the field and this guy came up to me he was one of my my teammates fathers and he said wow Julia you are so incredible you're gonna be so much better than Demetria and Demetria was my evil stepsister. And from that moment on, I realized that my goal for soccer was to beat her so badly on the field and off of it, but especially on the field. Yes. So basically, <laughs> so basically you were like a kind of fueled by like, I'm not, I, maybe spite is the right word. I'm not really sure, but there was another guy named Joe, right? And I asked him, he he's a super good distance runner, right? And I asked him once that what when you're running like 20 miles every day, what keeps you going? Like, like, cause here I am, just I could barely run two laps, right? And he's over here just chugging out miles and i'm like how do you do this how what goes through your mind how do you stay motivated to keep on running and he said i run on spite <laughs> i was like oh really and i was like yeah every time someone disrespected me or something i just think about those moments you know and i'm curious do you, like whether it be you know track or muay thai like are you guys thinking about that are you thinking about the times that you're like disrespected in anything or is it more just like a, I love doing this type of deal? Would you like to go first, sir? Yeah, sure. Um, so I think it really depends on the moment because there have definitely been times 
where someone has talked down to me and I kind of shut down and felt less motivated. But I would say the majority of the time, it's it's used as motivation. And I want to rise up above that and exceed everyone's expectations. And that's been a big driving factor for me. And for me, I 100% have to agree with Joe, the long distance runner. I, whenever I like fight or do anything, it's mostly fighting. It happens. It used to be soccer, but I just look at the other person who's holding the mitts and I'm like, yeah, I hate you. I hate you because you represent this person. And right now I'm beating the bananas out of this person. So that's what I'm fueled by. Yes. All right. So now we're kind of switching gears a little here, but our overall question is like finding your purpose in life, right? Or finding passions in life. And that's going to probably be used interchangeably from now on. So Ahmad talked about track, right? That's been basically his passion uh, and also Taekwondo uh, for a very long time. How'd you find that? How'd you get to that point of where you knew that that was what you wanted to do? All right. Um, so I actually did track in eighth grade and my coach um, in middle school, he was like, wow, I think Ahmad could be something pretty special in this sport. And so he reached out to the head coach at Academy where I go to high school and Zach Nelson he kind of roped me into track. I wasn't uh, even planning on doing track, but um, at first I was kind of doing it just to do it for the requirement. And then um, as I kept going, um, I think I really fell in love with the competition, the the PRs, the, the adrenaline. And I don't know, it just kind of went from there. And I also have to admit that I think Nelson's passion for track rubbed off on me a little bit. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a long road, but I think that track will remain a big part of my life for a long time. Yeah. And do you think just, you know, play the uh, hypothetical game with me or assumption game or whatever you want to call it, Without Nelson, because he was definitely very, he was a passionate guy for track. That's definitely 100% true. But do you think without Nelson, you would still be as passionate about track? I don't think I would be. Because just seeing how how much he cared about the, the sport, how much he pumped everyone up, I don't see myself falling in love with the, the sport the same way if I didn't have that. You know, like, yeah, I like the competition, but um, it definitely wouldn't have been the same. And so, Julia, now I know you haven't been doing Muay Thai for a super long time, but... Six months now, actually. <laughs> okay, so kind of a semi-long time. <laughs> uh, But just jumping from whatever passion you came from before, how'd you get there? Well, I took a little bit of a hiatus, hiatus, I think it's a bit of a break between passions before Muay Thai. Let's just say I wasn't that 
I was passionless a little bit. Because <laughs> after soccer, you know, I got into track and I was like, well, maybe this is it. And then the first track meet, when I felt like I was going to have to like poop my pants from anxiety, I was like, yeah, nah, this is not it. <laughs> so after that, you know, I didn't have that many passions. And then one day I was like, you know what, mom, I think I want to join the military. She's like, okay, Joya. Well, no, <laughs> you're going to get sexually assaulted. And I was like, okay, bet. Well, I'm going to learn self-defense because, you know, that is the that is the fixer to everything. And then, yeah, that's how I got into Muay Thai. And, yep, I fell in love with it. Yep. But going into that, did you think you were going to fall in love with it? Or do you think it was just something to prove your mom wrong? Oh, no, I thought I was going to fall in love with it. I've always liked, like, MMA and stuff like that. So, yeah, I was really excited. Okay, so what if you went into it either with a neutral or a negative mindset, right? You're just like, this is literally just for to prove my mom wrong and I'm going to go join the military and like this is going to answer her responses to that. Or, or maybe it was just like a, you know, might as well try this out. You know, I, I don't really have any expectations for this. Do you think you still would have fallen in love with it? Um, yeah, because I just love to punch things so much. Like, there, there's, there's, listen, there's literally no way I wouldn't have. Like, the other day, I was in one of my worst moods I've ever been in. And I was like, maybe I shouldn't even go to my class. And my mom was like, you know what, just go to your class, right? So she drives me to my class. And I get on the mat and I look around at everybody. And I'm like, wow. I'm just so happy. So I think even if I went into this with a negative mindset, just punching things really just makes you happy. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll have to make sure I try that out someday. So I have another question for you guys. When you guys found... All right. Uh, I'll just use... Uh, track as an example because that's easier for me to relate to so when looking at track right it's definitely not easy per se you know it might this is going to be a tangent on the surface it appears easy you know just you're just running everyone runs like come on now how can that be a sport but then when you get into the technical side it turns out you can't actually run and then it's like everyone else is faster than you and, and it really just sucks and oh, the practices are so tough and running just sucks and all this stuff. Okay, anyway. <laughs> so in track, right, we kind of have this like, I don't know, saying, I guess, of last one, best one, right? It's basically where it's like, it's the last set, give it your all, uh, don't hold back anything. And I was wondering if this kind of like idea can be applied to like, your passion in general because for me it's all about pacing i'm a 400 runner if i don't pace i will i will collapse on the track during my race so i was wondering if taking that last one best one mentality right with a burning passion 
do you think it should be applied to everything you do instead of just the last one, you know, because like you love to do it so much that you just want to go a hundred percent all the time or blah, 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 whatever. No, I do not. Because if you go a hundred percent at everything for your passion or whatever, you're going to get burnt out. You know, like I wish I could go a hundred percent during Muay Thai 24 seven, but at the end of the day, after like three straight minutes of just a right knee combo, you die. So you have to go 75%. Yes. So save it for that last one. There yeah, you go. Kind of like what you said, Compren, you, especially being a 400 runner, if you go 100% from the start to the finish, you're going to burn out and the overall result is going to be worse. And so, you know, people say life's a marathon. And I think that there's some truth to that. You got to pace yourself. And if you go too hard all the time, then you're going to burn out. And die. Not. Okay. <laughs> and die. That's an interesting concept, actually. Life's a marathon. Because for me, sometimes I definitely see it more as a sprint. You know, maybe during like the final season, life's definitely more of a sprint at that point. But, you know, this is kind of straying away from the topic a little bit, but I'm curious now, what are your guys' like sort of philosophies of life, sort of like a life's a marathon type of deal? Do you want to go first or do you want me to go go first? Okay. So this is my philosophy of life. So last year I got up early. I walked the dog before school and I go into school and I'm sitting there in English class. And I turned to my best friend, Julia, and I'm like, what is that smell? You know, it smells like dog poop. <laughs> and we're looking around. We're smelling everywhere. She's literally going underneath the desk. You know, she's smelling herself. I'm smelling myself. <sighs> Lunchtime, there's still dog poop in the air. You know, math class, dog poop. And finally, finally, <laughs> I turn around. And I'm like, Julia, I don't understand. And she's like, wait, what about your shoe? And we look at my shoe and there it is. Dry dog shit in my shoe. And basically that is what life is, you know? There's always an underlying smell of dog poop. You know, you you can't ever find it. And then when you do find it, you're like, ah, life. Just hit me in the face with this dog poop. That is my philosophy. Philosophy. Okay. Okay. The way I interpreted his question was that we're still going with the, the marathon and sprint analogy. And so what I'm thinking with regards to that is that life is certainly more of a marathon than a sprint. And there are ups and downs in that marathon. So like a few weeks ago, it was finals um, in my first semester of college and my whole family got COVID. And so that was definitely a down and it was like more of a tougher time. Um, And so in the moment, it felt like a sprint because I was putting in more effort, but it was still kind of yielding the same result um 
but yeah, it really just depends on where you are in your life at that moment. But yeah, definitely got to pace yourself. So as sprinters, you know, I think it is definitely something we all have to learn just slowing ourselves down because I agree. I think that even when we, even when we try and go as fast as we can, it usually ends up either hurting us or it just puts us in the same position where we would have been if we just took things slower, you know, and now we're just tired too. So it's really just a lose, lose, lose situation. And I'm curious to know if you guys have found that way to really slow yourself down in the moment or just, are you still working on it is a better way to put it. <laughs> yeah, I really like that question, Will. Um, do you want to take this one or should I go first? No, you should go first. Uh, I tend to, um, I've actually had to work on this recently because I have, as Pop Smoke would say, a little bit of a mood swing. <laughs> yes. Um, but usually when I feel like life is going too fast, I do three things. I either crawl up in a ball and I cry <laughs> on the floor or I breathe and I count at the same time or I listen to my crazy grandmother talk and I'm like wow at least I'm not that crazy and then that's how I usually usually deal with the fast pace of life yes what about you Ahmad oh um Mm -hmm. my suggestion or what I've done at least is that I try to just care less and that sounds bad, kind of, but um, I've been kind of a perfectionist for a while. And so I think that caring less has increased my performance in some areas hmm. and definitely lowered my stress levels overall. And so like, um, I'm in college now and in high school, I was like A, A plus, all the time. I was like, if it's not that, not good enough, work harder. But um, in college, I've definitely been more relaxed. Like, okay, I made it, I'm here. The hard part is done. I just gotta not die. And so I was like, oh, B plus, that's okay. Like, that, that's, that sounds like a, a, that makes me look really bad. Wow, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah. I think that could be applied to to a lot of aspects, whether it be sports or your job or if you're getting like a D minus, then don't care less. You probably have to care more. But um, so, yeah, I guess my my takeaway is that don't care less. Just make sure you find the right amount of caringness. Hey, because if it's too much or too little, then it will go poorly. Yeah, I actually read a book once called, I don't actually remember the title of it, but it talked about caring less. And it brought up the example of, have you ever tried to like shoot a basket like behind your back and it goes in first try, right? And then you bring over your friend to show him what you just did and you can't ever hit it again. And you, you don't understand why. And he kind of just explained it as like, when you first tried to make that basket, you didn't care. You didn't care if it went in. You didn't, you weren't really expecting to go in, but it did. But then when you brought your friend over, 
Then you start to care. Then your brain started to work. Then you started thinking about your shot mechanics, all this stuff. And then you just can't make it anymore. And the idea of caring less may sound like, like, yeah, when you first hear it, you're like, hold on, wait, what'd you just say? Like caring less? Isn't that the opposite of what I'm supposed to be doing? But I think our brain gets in the way of just like performance sometimes. I once ran a 400 and I was so nervous for it. Like I could barely stand. I mean, and after an amazing hype up speech from my coach, I basically was able to turn off my brain and I ran, you know, the fastest I've ever ran before in my life. But I think that our brain, although is amazing, can kind of mess things up like a lot of times, whether it be, you know, asking someone out or uh, performance wise or anything. And so do you guys have like any stories or anything, just like times that your brain have really just messed everything up for you? Because I know I have like, I don't know, hundreds. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, I feel like that's been a big problem with me for track wise. My brain in general messes up a lot. Like, <laughs> that's why track, I don't think it's my sport because I think too much and then I experience performance anxiety. And then I mess up. Like last year during indoor or two years ago, whatever, to go to states, I was um, ranked the top girl at 5'5". Five five. I had done it the weekend before. I was like, this is so easy. I sit down. This girl starts talking to me. My brain starts going, what the? And then she doesn't hit five. So yes, I've definitely experienced problems like this. And including in our own relationship, our brains have definitely messed up certain things. I'm not going to put the blame all on a mod for certain stuff, but we could have been together longer if someone had just grown a pair and collected his brain. Okay. So I have I have a few comments. Um, I'm gonna address what Julia just said first, okay? So Julia had she had a crush on me pretty much <laughs> since, since she set eyes on me, um, and I, that's understandable. I mean, just oh like God. look at me. Um, but, uh, I was kind of like on the fence because I was like, this girl is crazy. I don't really know her. And, and then, um, we finally started hanging out and I was like, this is, I'm not sure what this is. Is it a date? Is it like just friends hanging out? And then she friend zoned me like straight up. She was like, we're, I'm going to keep this as friends. Cause I don't really know what it is. And I was like, oh wow, we're doing it like that. Okay. And so I just kind of lost all hope and I was like, okay, that's it, whatever. And no, <laughs> no, 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 no. And despite that, I still somehow managed to wiggle my way out of the friend zone, even though she claims I was never in it. And and then she was also trying to say that she was dropping hints um, that she she liked me. And she said that those hints were her saying hi slightly more frequently than she did other people. And so, I don't know, I wasn't really like... There's no real real way for me to take the hint because there was no hint really. And also she could have asked me out. Like it's 2020. So yeah. 
Um, anyways, back to what we were actually talking about. Um, I took Psych 101 in college this semester. And one of the things that we looked at was performance, anxiety, uh, relationships. And there's a curve, um, too little anxiety, and you perform mediocre, and too much anxiety, and you also perform poorly. So having that right amount of anxiety, it pushes you and it motivates you, but it also doesn't take away from your performance. And so um, I'm gonna use another track example. Um, all junior year, I was having the worst hurdle season ever. I was coming off of a great indoor season and um, for hurdles for outdoor, I just could not figure it out. I had a bad race at the beginning of the year. I overthought it and I was like, what if the next one's bad? The next one's gonna be worse. And then I had another bad race and every single time that happened, it just got worse and worse and worse. Um, but after junior year, um, I kind of had some time to relax. And although I did hurt myself senior year, I ended up doing pretty well in hurdles. So I think having that time off really helped. So talking about performance anxiety, right? <clears throat> that uh, the uh, curve, I think you called it in, in that psych class, was there any way to find that perfect, like middle of the curve or just what happens happens sort of? Um, we didn't cover that specifically, but I think it really depends on the person because some people just naturally get more or less anxious than others. Um, and there are lots of different ways to hang handle that anxiety. So like, uh, there's this book I read a few years ago, cause I don't really read books anymore. Mm. <laughs> um, and it was actually for athletes and ha handling performance anxiety. And it was like, you can, there's visual like imagery of you doing whatever you're gonna do at your event. And that tends to help you perform better. Or if you're about to run a race, you can do like a breathing exercise or something like that. And so that's that's a few ways that you can handle that. All right, now, before we start wrapping up, I just have one final question. So our topic today was finding your purpose in life, right? And I know for, at least for me, sometimes I get kind of bored and I skip to the end because I just want to know the answer. So if you could, can you just rephrase like your most important tips or anything for just finding your purpose? Okay, so my most important tips would really just be try every shoe until you find the shoe that fits right. You know, like people put so much emphasis on like, this is what you have to do. You have to attend high school. You have to have this GPA. Then you have to go to this college. Then you have to pop out this many kids and have this dog and have a white picket fence, you know? At the end of the day, like, if you want to be a crack addict, be a crack addict. If you want to ride a motorcycle across the country, ride a motor, like, it doesn't matter, you know? I think it takes, I'm so happy for Ahmad, but a lot of people still struggle to find that passion. So just try everything, you know? 
experiment, have fun. Life is short. Don't make it shorter, but make it fun. Yes. Okay. So that's pretty similar to what I was going to say. Um, you got to try new things because if you stick to the same three things, then you're never going to find what you're truly good at. And so Julia over here is still trying to figure it out. Um, so she's she's doing that. But um, it could be your passion could be something that you would never expect. So like obviously, obviously try things that you you think you would enjoy just like based off of the knowledge that you have on yourself but also don't be afraid to to try totally wacky unexpected things like yeah <laughs> stop um yeah those are my words of wisdom for you today on this fine december 30th of 2020 almost 2021 <laughs> all right so as we're wrapping up or as we wrap up i know i said that we had one i had one final question but now this is my actual final question final question so in the future every year once a year the entire world gathers at a stadium and the best speakers of of the population come and give talks to the entire world, like, like everyone. And you have been invited to say the opening words. So you can say anything you want to the entire world. So the stage is, the stage is yours, the entire world, your audience, go ahead. F 2020 F those racist mofos. It is our time to take this world and shape it so that it is safe for our brothers and our sisters. Thank you. Woo! Okay. Um, I'm going to try to say something that's a little more on topic. Wait, and what? So, that was on topic. That was kind of off topic. That, the world is the topic. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, um, can you please oh, so, just continue? Just continue. So, um, let's see. My dad he wasn't really a big part of my life but um he did try to try to teach me as much as he could in the time that that he's been in my life and one of the things that i really remembered and took to heart was when he told me he was like i don't care what you do i don't care if you're a, a hooker or a a basketball player or a porn star he just said I don't care what you do, just make sure that you're the best at it. And that's that's driven me to do a lot. And so I think that's that's my advice that I would give. All right, guys. So thank you so much for being on the show. This has been great. Um, again, this has been Ahmad and Julia. Thank you for having me. And yeah, guys, thank you so much for listening. And I'll see you in the next episode. <laughs> Peace. Yeah, bye, Will. Bye, Will. Bye. Is this it? Will Bye. Is this it? We love you.